the unthinkable happened. Jim LaBarba avoided something stupid this week. His team had a bye week. Welcome back to another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Blue Ray. That's right, don't ever get it twisted, don't ever play yourself. I'm your host, Prem Obata, the Play Call Network. We're ready for some spicy takes and some major pettiness. Let's kick it off with the FM or not. First up on the FM or not, California Senate passes a bill allowing student-athletes to have endorsements. So a little background here. Uh, This is known as the Fair Pay to Play Act. The proposed legislation, which would not go into effect until 2023, would make it illegal for California schools to take away an athlete's scholarship or eligibility as punishment for accepting endorsement money. You know, the NCAA, the fantastic institution that is always super fair, the same one that passes new rules preventing a player from being closer to a sick mother, believes it is harmful and unconstitutional and would upend the balance of national competition in college sports. Shocker. Congratulations, you played yourself. The NCAA's Board of Governors sent a letter Wednesday to California Governor Gavin Newsom asking that the state not pass the bill. That board opposes the bill because it would make it illegal for California schools to follow the NCAA's rules on players on a player's ability to make money by selling the rights to, to his or her own name, image, or likeness. The association is open to updating its rules to better fit the 21st century, <laughs> according to NCAA Board of Governors Chair Michael Drake. But they want those changes to be made on a national scale rather than state by state. California's state Senate recently voted to pass the Fair Pay, Pay to Play Act with a tally of 39 to 0 the california state assembly approved that same bill beforehand by a margin of 73 to 0 the bill now moves on to governor newsom who will have 30 days to decide whether he will sign it into law yeah fam yeah fam yeah fam easy listen president drake is the president at the ohio state university my alma mater But don't give me shit about you being open to updating rules. When? By year 2050? You want this on a national scale because you can remain in control. The NCAA is mad because California is taking their power from them. Sure, this will entice young student athletes to go to schools in California. But what they're failing to realize is that other states will be forced to pass the same kinds of laws. Or maybe they do realize it and they're trying to get ahead of it. But other states will be forced to pass the same kinds of laws to remain competitive to student-athletes. You want the best players playing at your state's schools? Well, you better get with the program. You don't need a damn national rule. California is going to create one by taking this chance. Or use what California is doing to apply it to the other states if you're really about it. Which I highly doubt. So I know this inherently is a major deal, but you already know which direction this had to go after some people's lord and savior, Mr. Tim Tebow, opened his mouth on ESPN's first take. 
like I, I have a little credibility and knowledge about this because when I was at the when I was at the University of Florida, I think my jersey was one of the top selling jerseys around the world. Uh, it was like Kobe, LeBron, and then I was right behind them, and I didn't make a dollar from it. But nor did I want to because I knew going into college what what, what it um, what it was all about. I knew going to Florida, my dream school, where I wanted to go, the passion for it, and if I could support my team, support my college, support my university, that's what it's all about. But now we're changing it from us, from we, from my university, from being an alumni where I care, which makes college football and college sports special, to then, okay, it's not about us, it's not about we, it's just about me. And yes, I know we live in a selfish culture where it's all about us, but we're just adding and piling it onto that, where it changes what's special about college football. And we turn it into the NFL, where who has the most money, that's where you go. That's why people are more passionate about college sports than they are about NFL. That's why the, 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 um, the stadiums are bigger in college than they are in the NFL, because it's about your team. It's about your university. It's about where my family wanted to go. It's about where my grandfather had a dream of seeing Florida win an SEC championship. And you're taking that away so that young kids can earn a dollar. And that's just not where I feel like college football needs to go. Fair, There's man. that opportunity in the NFL, that's but fair. not in college football. Okay. Like, before I... Before I address this, I need all the Kawhi Leonard what it do, baby? and all the Spice Adams <laughs> possible. Hit it. And have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like I need to lead with... Um, ESPN's Mina Kimes, who put it perfect on Twitter at her account, saying, quote, I appreciate Tebow drawing on his own experience here, but he's making an anti-individualist argument while using his own individual story to disregard the needs of others. End tweet. Okay. So just because a player would earn money for their likeness doesn't mean they're selfish. Just because you're getting paid... What the hell does that have to do with your grandpa seeing you win an SEC championship? These are not necessarily, they're not mutually exclusive. You can still accept money and make a little coin over your image and likeness while still being concerned with the team. There's plenty of fucking selfish players that don't earn a dollar right now. If you really want to be like Tim, no one is forcing you to go make money. But see, what Tim doesn't realize is... His situation is not the same as many student-athletes. Not everyone has those same luxuries. These student-athletes have families back home to support. They have themselves to, su to support. You don't want to profit? Fine, don't. But why should we tell someone they can't? And why the fuck should we imply someone's selfish if they did accept money? We don't know their situation. Imagine thinking this way. When... This man has legit created an entire second career of his likeness. He's playing baseball, or at least got his chance to play baseball, because of his name. Let's not get that fucking twisted. You may want to argue his talent is worth staying in the minors, whatever. The f simple fact of the matter is no one gave a shit about Tim Tebow, years removed from playing any baseball competitively, if he wasn't Tim Tebow. Meanwhile... While other minor league players are struggling to make ends meet, Tim Tebow gets a nice cushy job at SEC Nation. Why? Is it because he's a journalist? No, it's because he's fucking Tim Tebow. 
Let's turn to friend of the number one podcast, future Hall of Famer Joe Thomas, who tweeted the following. Wonder what at Tim Tebow and his agents would say now if at ESPN asked him to think about we and be a team player by working for free at ESPN and allowing ESPN to solely profit from his endorsement appearances and his likeness. End tweet. What are we fucking talking about here? How in the hell does it ruin a college sport if we've never had it before? Congratulations, you played yourself. We're creating an open market for someone to make some fucking money on the side. These players can't even get a side job if they wanted to in their off time. And we're not, we also don't want to let them earn a little bit of money for their likeness. Is it because the NCAA is struggling on its own? Profiting off these players. <laughs> we can't have too many people in the pot profiting off these players. God forbid it be themselves, right? Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Fucking Tim, get a grip. And save me that shit where everybody sticks up for him while the rest of us rip on him. Get the hell out of here. He can handle it. If you have a stupid ass take and... You know it's public. You were so passionate. Be about it. Let's keep that same energy when we question what you said with that same passion. Fuck out of here with all that. If you say something stupid, well, we're supposed to temper our reaction to it? Congratulations. You played yourself. Anyway, the other yeah, fam or not topic. Yeah, fam or not, it's time to panic if your team is 0-2. Yeah, fam or not. It's time to panic if your NFL team is 0-2. Since 1990, teams that start the season 2-0 make the playoffs 61.3% of the time, according to Pro Football Reference. On the other side of that, teams that start the season 0-2 only have a 12.6% chance to make the playoffs. Despite having 14 games left at this point, this is one of those crucial indicators always on my mind it's put so much stress on my football fan life, and I know for many others, especially if you drop that first game, having that pressure, that second game, knowing what trend and statistic is at stake. Listen, I'm no fan of an 0-2 team. No fan of an 0-2 team wants to hear someone like me, who's a fan of the Cowboys or 2-0, telling them how to feel. So I'm going to assume you're just as much doomsday as your boy would be if the Cowboys were owned to. So, with all of you in mind, yeah fam, time to panic. Football's dead. I'm here for you. I'm here for all of you. Except you New England Tom Bradyites slash snakes of New England. You fans are not relatable. And frankly, you're not who we're talking about. You can't relate to losing hope. And I hope y'all lose every game. That's a fact. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Now, being the positive person I usually am, I will say I'm more worried about teams with banged up quarterbacks. So, we had a crazy week two. Uh, Drew Brees will be down for six weeks. Who He's going to need thumb surgery. Um, and this is why the Saints have real Super Bowl aspirations. They'll be relying on their... Ice paid backup quarterback in the league, Teddy Bridgewater, to keep them afloat. 
I know my family's gonna love that dad joke. They're not gonna let me down, but that's for them. What it do, baby? Ben Roethlisberger hurt his elbow on a non-contact injury. He is out for the year, needing elbow surgery. He's been being placed on IR. Then you have Cam Newton's shoulder still seemingly off from all of his surgeries. Uh, last week, the Jags lost Nick Foles. And and then the New York Giants have Eli Manning. Yeah, no, he's not injured, but he's Eli Manning. <laughs> all right, let's move on to like you know, like you hate it. First up, you know, I like to start positive. And then negative. Likey goes to David Questenberry. He is Tennessee Titans offensive lineman who caught a TD pass in the Titans' 19-17 loss to the Colts. Big man TD, good enough, right? Well, Questenberry, despite being a four-year veteran, played in just his fourth game this past weekend. The 2013 Texans six-round pick had to sit out a few years while he battled cancer. You fucking love to see a story like that. You love to see it. Do battle cancer back on the football field, and they run a play just for him. One yard, big man TD reception. You fucking love to see it. Ilike goes to the Cowboys beating Washington 31-21. to Nice enough. But Ilike to three Buckeyes scoring in that one game. Devin Smith... Zeke and Terry McLaurin all put up six for their respective teams. You add on Paris Campbell scoring his first career TD for the Colts. You may hate to see it, but I sure love to see it. A likey goes to Georgia fans wearing pink instead of red this past weekend in their game versus Arkansas State. Arkansas State head coach Blake Anderson lost his wife, Wendy, last month after her two-year fight against breast cancer. The number three-ranked Bulldogs ended up winning 55 to nothing, but even more so, such a dope, classy move by them. And worth noting, the Arkansas State coach and players made sure to appreciate it. Said it was one of the coolest things, and I could not agree more. I love when things are above football like this, and uh, such a cool move. By the fans in Athens, Georgia. Time for no likey. And here come the injuries. I know you feel it on your fantasy football teams. I outlined some of the injuries earlier. But outside of them, this Sunday featured injuries to James Conner, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, in addition to those crucial injuries to Big Ben and Drew Brees. Also, is there anything worse than a guy getting hurt at the beginning of the game? Looking at you, Eagles wide receivers. You'd rather them just be ruled out so you can make changes. But then they want to start a game and put up a zero spot in your fantasy lineup. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Uh, speaking of which, next no like you, when did this no one cares about your fantasy team deal start? Like, I'm not denying the truth in that, but we're all just ignoring the unwritten rule where I'll listen to you complain about your fantasy team if you let me do the same. I mean, part of fantasy football is complaining. I know your asses aren't productive your entire workday. What, we can't talk a little fantasy football? When did this start? Like, I'm as petty as they come, but we can't we can't vent a little about fantasy football? What are we doing here? 
As for hate it, Northwestern State, Lamar, Southeastern Louisiana, Southeast Missouri State. What do these teams have in common? They're all the really tough opponents of SEC teams. Get the fuck out of here. That best conference bullshit. These seem made up. All right, Joker. Time for You Played Yourself. Let's get this category rolling. First up on You Played Yourself, the Minnesota Vikings, you know, Lizzo's favorite team, (laughs) paying franchise quarterback Kirk Cousins $84 million. (laughs) Cousins has committed nine turnovers in the fourth quarter, the most in the NFL in that time span. Those turnovers are as guaranteed as his contract. (laughs) Next up on You Played Yourself, ACC football. What a fucking joke, fam. Clemson should just give themselves a challenge and play their second string the rest of the year. Their supposed best opponent, Syracuse, lost at home to Clemson 41-6 this past weekend. Um, Also worth noting, Georgia Tech lost to the Citadel this past weekend. So there's that. (laughs) Next up on You Played Yourself, USA Basketball finishing 7th in the FIBA World Cup. USA finished 6-2 with losses to France and Serbia. Um, Their roster is basically made up of Boston Celtics. Flat out, You Played Yourself. Finishing 7th is unacceptable. Congratulations, you played yourself. You're going to hear people like the players, Coach Pop, make excuses about not playing together. You're going to hear fans say the same, make a whole bunch of nonsense points outlining nothing else but the fact that they're fucking lost. I'm not here for it. The best players in the world are in the best league, the NBA, and the roster is made up of players entirely from the said best league. This you played yourself goes to the roster, but also all the talented players that dropped out. I understand the commitment of playing all summer when a season's ahead. It's completely in their right to not play. But I also understand what this podcast is. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. So why wouldn't I just blame everyone? Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. If it avoids a fucking seventh place, I think I'll do that. All right, I'm good for one of these each episode. We all know. We're tuned in for it. You played yourself, goes to NFL referees. I mean, honestly, what are we doing here? Before we even get to the main culprit from this weekend, this pass interference challenge is the mess we all knew it would be. They're overturning calls that aren't obvious. They're keeping plays that should be reversed. There's no fucking rhyme or reason. Then, beyond that, then we get to the Rams versus Saints game. Stop me if you've heard this before. The refs screwing up a Saints game. So, a little background. I'm sure all of us heard about it already. The Rams were in the red zone when Jared Goff had his arm hit. The ball came loose while Jared Goff's hand was also coming forward. And Saints defense alignment Cam Jordan scooped it up and ran it all the way for a scoop and score for six. Defense touchdown. Here's the issue. The refs fucking blew the play dead as an incomplete pass. Why? Why on earth would you not let the turnover play out? 
and then use a review as your safeguard since all turnovers and scores are reviewed. How on earth were you so sure that Jared Goff threw an incomplete pass? It definitely wasn't clear in real time. Don't give me that, oh, they don't have the luxury of replay. That's exactly why you let the play play out and give yourself a fucking foolproof check on your error. A free foolproof check. So, because they blew that play dead when the play was challenged and ultimately and obviously rolled a fumble, the Saints only got the ball at the spot of the recovery instead of getting six points. Which, by the way, would have made it 10-3, to close to halftime, Saints up. The Saints ended up turning the ball over on downs and giving the Rams great field position. So the refs, instead of letting players play, constantly are the subject of attention. Why? Just fucking why? What compels you? To just not let the turnover fucking play out. The replay is there to save you if it was wrong. The only way you can mess it up. The only way is if you not let it play out. (laughs) In that scenario, it doesn't make logical sense. It doesn't even make real-time sense to be so keen on an incomplete pass. Instead... The missed call takes points off the board, ends up flipping field position, and totally changes the face and feel of the game. Why do we always have to talk about the refs? We are not tuning in to watch your dumbasses mess up. Do they think we are? Like, what in the fuck are we doing here? By the way, Kim Jordan definitely on Team Petty. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Hit a uh, Freudian slip saying footlocker employees uh referees and i'm here for it i love the petty cam definitely starting defense lineman on team petty oh and by the way it's not just nfl refs so college referees acknowledged a missed leaping penalty call in the arizona state michigan state game which resulted in arizona state winning 10 to 7 in east lansing so sparty missed a game time field goal as time expired but that missed field goal featured a missed call, which would have been a 15-yard penalty. How about an even bigger you played yourself goes to admitting the missed calls? Like Afterwards, what's the losing team supposed to do with that shit? Put it in a trophy case? Wins and losses are major. In a sport that they, newsflash, don't play a lot of games in, people lose jobs. People get fired. And then these referees issue a sorry like it's supposed to mean something? Do your fucking job. All right, let's move on to who you got and what you're feeling. Last episode, there were no big college games worth picking. So I picked two NFL games instead. The first game was the Saints at Rams. We all know by now what happened. I picked the Saints. The Rams won 27-9, but I refuse to take an L on this one due to circumstance. Breeze injury and a blown call that I don't frankly need to get into again. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. The other game uh, was the Browns at Jets. I picked the Browns, ended up 
being correct, the Browns won 23-3, obviously. For what it's worth, I made this pick, the Browns, before all the injuries, before Sam Darnold came down with mono, all that stuff. So, what it do, baby? I'd like that to be noted. This week, listen, if last week's college football slate sucked, this one more than makes up for it. You have a few ranked first rank matchups, and I am going to pick two of them. First up, number 11, Michigan, visits Madison to face number 13, Wisconsin, both 2-0. and They both had bye weeks to prepare for each other. I am going to go reluctantly with Michigan. Um, after their overtime scare victory versus Army, I think they go in and beat Wisconsin on the road. I do think it's going to be a close game. Wisconsin is going to give a healthy dose of football to Jonathan Taylor, but I think the Wolverine defense will force Jack Cohn to beat them, passing instead. And Michigan, to put it simply, needs better play from Shea Patterson. It should help that they don't have to prepare and deal with a triple option. The other game I wanted to pick is number seven, Notre Dame. At number three, Georgia. It is about time the SEC had a real opponent. However, as much as I actually kind of wish both teams would lose, but I think Georgia wins this one convincingly. It's too much talent on the dog squad. As for an NFL pick, I thought instead of picking a game, I already outlined the 2-0 versus 0-2 being a key indicator for playoff chances. So I wanted to do uh, most surprising teams that are 2-0 and most surprising 0-2. So after two weeks, the 2-0 candidates are the Patriots, Bills, Ravens, Chiefs, Cowboys, Packers, Rams, Niners, and Seahawks. As for 0-2 teams, we have the Panthers, Washington, the Giants, Broncos, Jags, Bengals, Steelers, Dolphins, and New York Jets. I feel like for the 2-0 and teams, two teams jump out. The Bills and the Niners. Mainly because this is not the 90s. Um, they jump off the page as for teams we probably didn't expect to be in this scenario. Also... The Bills are 2-0 at MetLife Stadium. They played away games against the Jets and Giants to start the season, so no one will have a better record than them in that stadium. As for the 0-2 teams, I have to go with the Panthers. Uh, They've been disappointing, and Cam does not look right with his shoulder, as I mentioned earlier. Um, The Jags and Steelers are usually better, but they both happen to lose their quarterbacks, and the Steelers especially had a rough schedule to start. As for what I'm feeling... I wanted to use this opportunity to be a proud younger brother. I'm feeling my brother, Vish, being named as one of Akron, Ohio's 30 for the Future, an award that honors young professionals who are trendsetters in their industries and make an impact on their region through dynamic leadership and community service. My brother was... Named one of those prestigious honorees, and I couldn't be more proud, so I'm feeling that. Proud younger brother and a number one podcast listener. What it do, baby? So you know we had to shout out one of our own. You know I like to wrap up each episode with my too much sense for the week. The advice you didn't ask for this week is that it's hard when you're not in the wrong to still be the one to reach out. 
It's okay to not be the bigger person, but in the long run, you'll be glad you did. So my too much sense is encouraging you, if you're not too upset, to take a deep breath and maybe still be that bigger person. Yeah, I get it. You shouldn't have to be. The other person should, but some people don't know how to initiate conversations. Doesn't change the fact that those conversations need to be had. But if you have something hanging over one of your relationships, whether it's your fault or not, now's the time to have that conversation. And with that, wraps up another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. I've been your host, Prem Obad of the Play Call Network. You know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. Share this podcast with someone you know. Make sure they share it with someone they know. I greatly appreciate you, number one podcast listeners. Also, be sure to check out the other amazing podcasts at the Play Call Network. Support them like you support your boy. And we'll talk to you next time.